Hi, everybody. This is Tom Salemi. You're listening to the MedTech Talk Podcast. Thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you here. Uh, the company that puts on the MedTech Conference and this MedTech Talk Podcast is called Healthogy. And uh, in March, we put out a report called Eight MedTechs Tackling Head Concussion. And uh, it's just it was just that, an overview and uh, an analysis of the head concussion space and uh, MedTech companies that are trying to create better diagnostic tools to, uh, to determine if, if someone, be them a, a soldier or an athlete or anyone, uh, suffered uh, from a concussion. It's obviously a, a vexing problem for athletes and for the military. So uh, it's great to see MedTech sort of rise up to that challenge. You've got a lot of great statistics in the report. Uh, you can find it at uh, healthog.com. Just search concussions and the report will come up. And uh, this week, uh, we had some news from one of the companies we profiled in the report. The company is called Brainscope, and they have developed a wearable EEG device excuse me, that can monitor the patient's electrical brain activity uh, using a smartphone-like de- device and uh, electrodes attached, attached to the head and really uh, diagnose where a head injury uh, occurred. At the time of the report, uh, they had two products approved by the FDA, but they hadn't gone commercial yet. Now they're ready to go into the commercial stage. Uh, I had an opportunity to speak with uh, Michael Singer. He's the CEO of BrainScope. And uh, essentially they, they obtained FDA approval of their third generation device. It's called the AHEAD 300 device. And uh, BrainScope has received uh, a lot of funding from the Department of Defense and uh, a little bit of funding from the NFL to develop this device. Now they have something that they're ready to go to market with. So this is a, a huge opportunity for MedTech, a huge opportunity for BrainScope, and one that we hope will uh, will help uh, veterans and athletes, both professional and student and amateur, who are uh, are dealing with this really uh, previously unseen uh, injury. So let's get into this conversation with Michael Singer. He is the CEO of BrainScope. And again, uh, you can go to healthogy.com. That's the word uh, health followed by the letters egy.com. Uh, search for, for concussions and you'll find our report and you can uh, tag along. We'll, uh, we'll be updating our report on BrainScope about that and uh, we'll be tracking the progress of the other seven companies profiled in that report. Let's, uh, let's hear from Michael Singer, CEO of BrainScope. Well, Michael Singer, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to talk to you. We actually uh, we put out a report earlier this year called MedTech Tackles Concussions and had an overview of the many device companies that are actually in this space. And, and BrainScope, I think, was one of the, the more advanced ones, if not the most advanced. So it was uh, great to read this week that you had some, some progress to report. Um, give us your news of the week, and then we'll get into a conversation about, about what you're doing, what your product does, and, and where you're headed. So what was your, uh, your news of the week? So, uh, yes, thank you. It, it has been uh, uh, an exciting past couple of days uh, for us at BrainScope. Uh, we uh, received um, FDA clearance for our AHEAD 300 uh, product. The, uh, this is particularly big news because this has been the culmination of eight years of work uh, particularly with our colleagues at the uh, U.S. Department of Defense. Um, and so with that, we have made the decision, this being our 
uh, third iteration of our product to commercialize this version. And so we will now be uh, pivoting heavily from uh, a pure R&D organization to a uh, a commercial organization with uh, continuing R&D as well. Well, wow, that's exciting stuff. So your your first two iterations were, as people might guess, ahead 100 and ahead 200. You had FDA clearance for the both of them, uh, but they weren't. You you weren't at a point where they they weren't commercial ready, or you didn't decide they were commercial ready. What what's the difference between those products and Ahead Three Hundred? So there's um, uh, in developing any medical device, there's always a progression of of, of capability, and so um, uh, when when we uh, first began on this on this journey, we uh, approached uh, DoD with our with our capabilities. And at that point in time, we had um, our own uh, hardware that we had uh, that we had developed as a company. Uh, that led to our uh, first uh, clinical major clinical study in conjunction with DOD, um, and that led to our our first clearance, which was really a, a capability on 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 one end of the spectrum of traumatic brain injury, is which basically is whether somebody might have a structural injury some, so that 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 could. Um, lead to you know ultimate death. So it was a a, a very uh, specific uh, area for that particular product. So we opted um, at that point in time with the addition of, of DoD money to uh, to focus on putting that capability on different hardware, which we then put on a commercial smartphone hardware uh, using the Google Android platform, and we went back to FDA to get that clearance. And then soon thereafter, we received a, um, a substantial amount of funding from DOD to, to really take the product to the next level. And so as opposed to uh, commercializing a, um, a single uh, uh, assessment capability, we made the strategic decision to invest not only um, the, the, the obvious uh, DOD funding, but also our own uh, private funding into a much more comprehensive capability, and that led to a major clinical study which we completed, which led to this, uh, which led to this uh, FDA clearance after after many years. So it was a a continual evolution of a product that had started uh, about eight years ago. I want to get into the origins of the product and sort of the inspiration of it in a moment, but let's take just a, a second to talk about what it is that your technology does, and most specifically, what Ahead 300 will do. So the technology that, that is core to our company is EEG, which is the, the ability to, uh, to read, measure, analyze uh, your brain electrical activity. And that is the, the, the core of the capability. And in thinking about a product that is uh, to be used in urgent uh, uh, settings, it is obviously extremely important that that capability have uh, ease of use and uh, relatively low levels of training and the like. All of that is extremely important. So being able to miniaturize and, and uh, allow for a clinician to apply um, a, an electrode headset right on the forehead of a patient, these are very difficult things to be able to do, but these are the kinds of things that you need to do to be able to read brain electrical activity. <clears throat> so what we then ha have done over the years is we have collected literally thousands of uh, recordings, of EEG recordings, in addition to significant patient data 
on head injured patients. And that has then led to the ability for us to use big data um, and analytic signal processing to be able to make various classification algorithms. And those classification algorithms surround the area of traumatic brain injury. And so this product in particular focuses on the concept that traumatic brain injury is a spectrum injury. Traumatic brain injury is both complex and it is heterogeneous. So because of that, there, there is a very clear view that there is not one single diagnostic capability that in and of itself will be the sole capability for that clinician to make their clinical diagnosis. This is a clinical diagnosis. And so as a result, what we do is we provide this EEG, this objective capability, which we then use as part of an overall panel. Think about a blood panel of various capabilities. Mm -hmm. We provide that exact same thing right in the hands of, of a physician right there, um, right after, right after a, a, a patient has hit their head. So, so you're measuring basically electrical brain activity? Yes, that's what we're doing. We're we're literally we're literally pulling that that um, uh, that brain electrical activity, and then uh, using uh, sophisticated algorithms to categorize. And so, what we've done in our database is we have those who are not head injured, and we have those that are head injured, and there are very uh, clear patterns and signatures that we have uh, been able to uh, discriminate to be able to find. And those become part of our core algorithm so that when a patient who has hit their head comes into uh, the, say, the emergency room, they are, you would put this right on their forehead and within minutes, uh, there would be information relating to, to, uh, to, the, to the head injury. So is there, there with, with, through your algorithm, you're able to detect uh, really discernible and identifiable, identifiable patterns? that indicate that there is injury or, or there's not injury? I, I guess I would think that it, w it might work better if there is a baseline, something to work with when, they're, when you measure the brain healthy. But if you're just measuring someone for the first time, your device can, can really read something and say, oh, right there, there's a, there's a trouble spot. The, the signal there is off for, for, by some degree and, and indicates injury. There is no need for a baseline in our capability. It's based off of um, aged uh, norms. So if, if, you're, um, if you are younger, your brain electrical activity will be different than somebody who is, is, is older. And so over the years, what we've done is, is we've used population norms. So you are correct that there is, um, there is no need for a, um, uh, for, for a, uh, a baseline, uh, and, but rather to compare yourself against um, those, those age norms. Hey everybody, Tom here. Just wanted to get a quick break from this conversation with Michael Singer of BrainScope to remind you to sign up for the MedTech Talk newsletter. Uh, if you get this newsletter, we'll send these reports, these podcasts, our video reports directly to you. So go to healthogy.com. Just give us your email. That's all we need. And we'll, uh, we'll keep you in the MedTech Talk loop. Now back to this conversation. So what is the origin of the technology? You said it took eight years. So that puts us at like 2008 or so. Clearly, concussions were an issue on the, on the sports front in popular culture, not to the degree they are today. I'm guessing with the timing and, and your funding that this was more of a, a response to the war in Iraq and Afghanistan and, and the veterans who were coming home. 
You're uh, exactly right. So let me let me tell you the, the the quick short story of it, which I always enjoy talking about. Which is, um, uh, first of all, the uh, the technology really came out of translational research. We are a just a tremendous example of uh, partnership, not only with academic universities uh, but also the military. But the first stage was was translational research uh, through um, the NYU School of Medicine. It was a husband and wife team, uh, Dr. Leslie Pritchett and Dr. Roy John. Um, and sadly, uh, within months after I arrived at, uh, at BrainScope, uh, Dr. John passed away. Oh uh, and Dr. Pritchett uh, took, uh, took, took the, 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 the oars from there. And it has been a, a tremendous partnership, I must say, with Dr. Pritchett over all of these years. Um, and she's actually transitioned as well to be our chief scientific officer over the years. So it started um, very much as a translational research project with NYU. Then you are absolutely right. What happened was, was that in 2008, and I came from a, a revolution, which is the cases investment arm, which, you, which, we've, uh, which we've, had, we've enjoyed a, a very significant relationship over the years as, uh, relate, uh, with revolution being um, one of our largest investors. Um, I was put into this position uh, by by Revolution, and immediately I realized that it was uh, a, a um, an opportunity for DoD uh, to work with us. And so I approached DoD with um, a, a a relatively early technology, um, and uh, DoD of course was facing um, a significant problem with so many of our service members coming back from both Iraq and Afghanistan um, with, uh, with, with highly uh, problematic um, uh, symptoms and signs and, and social indicators and the like. And so the, there began the relationship between BrainScope and DOD, which I think is one of the, just the truly exemplary um, uh, 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 public-private partnerships that you could possibly find. So does this need to be a, a frontline device, literally, unfortunately, in this case, where the injury is being measured at the time, uh, soon the, the, the damage being measure, measured soon after the injury, or is this something that is used later on as soldiers returned home or is whatever, I guess at some point, whatever injured person, can, can, it, can it help a year or two after the injury, or is this something that needs to be done at the time of the injury, and is that where the the benefit is its greatest? Yeah, let me let me answer the question specifically with our FDA clearance, and then let me um, and then let me talk about our technology. So, from an FDA clearance perspective, um, uh, this uh, this uh, device can be used uh, within uh, within three days after injury, and so it is very much of a of an urgent care kind of. Um, Kind of product. What we have seen in our various studies is, uh, particularly in, in in emergency departments, what we see is is people will hit their heads. Um, uh, and by the way, most of the most of the injuries are mild, and we can talk about mild if you'd like. But uh, most injuries are mild, and they come in uh, hours later. It's not an immediate rush by uh, by ambulance, but uh, a lot of times there's a there's a delay, so it can be as as many as eight to ten hours before. Um, a patient will actually go to the emergency department. So that's the FDA clearance is within is within um, within three days. Our technology is in fact uh, being developed for 
a much more longer uh, time period. We we are doing uh, what are known as longitudinal studies where we actually track um, uh, subjects and patients. We look at athletes and we look at our tech, our core technology and do exactly what you're talking about because traumatic brain injury happens to be both uh, a, 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 an acute situation that then often turns chronic. How do you develop a, a trial to to measure the effectiveness of a device like this? You can't gather up 100 people who have just recently had concussions and, and, and measure them. Um, how do you go about proving that this works? <laughs> yeah, it, it is uh, clinical studies for traumatic brain injury. Uh, you would be amazed at uh, the level of discussion in the industry as to how involved and complex this is to get uh, sufficient enrollment and to be able to get the right kinds of patients. And so we, we made a decision several years ago that w- where we would um, heavily focus would be on emergency departments because what you want to be able to do is to be able to enroll patients who um, have hit their head and are going to a, 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 essentially a, a, a central repository. And so what we've done is over the years as we've gone to uh, major academic institutions, emergency uh, departments around the country, um, and uh, we uh, not only use the BrainScope device, but but all kinds of clinical measurements and the like. And that together is how you create such a device. And it is uh, a, a very involved situation because you have to get patient consent, mm-hmm. and you have to be able to. Uh, uh, to be able to run a battery of, of capabilities, and that is very involved. The other um, uh, complex uh, uh, enrollment area is around sports and being able to actually follow and track athletes in this uh, national conversation on concussion, and that, too, is extremely involved because it takes a lot of time away from the athlete, and so you have to sort of figure out how you're going to thread the needle on that enrollment. Yeah, and I would think neither is really an environment where it's not an academic medical school setting where they're all about learning and advancing technology. The ERs are can be messy places, uh, and same with a locker room or a trainer's room. I mean, it's not the kind of place where innovation necessarily happens. Uh, yeah, you know, I would, I would just, I would, what I would offer is, is you'd be amazed, I, I think, as to how progressive so many of these emergency departments are, and how. Um, they are looking for solutions and capabilities that can improve care, improve um, uh, the patient experience, uh, give them better assessment tools to make more informed decisions. And so we found over the years that these types of clinicians are incredibly progressive Interesting. and are really excited about using our tools and capabilities and other, and other types of capabilities um, around the body. It's not just head injury that you see that, that these uh, that these folks are interested in, but but uh, the emergency medicine world is a very progressive world for these kinds of capabilities. Oh, that's a great point. I never I never knew that. That's why I like doing these podcasts. So, uh, what sort of follow up did you require with with the patients? Uh, you, you track someone from the emergency room after they have had an injury. How, how long were you part of their lives after that? Well, for our for um, for from a FDA uh, product perspective. We focused less on that. So, so from a from a tracking perspective, post post those, we've um, we've been re- relatively limited, as you can imagine. You have a de-identified patient who goes into the emergency department. They've uh, they've hit their head. Um, we're uh, we, we we follow them at that point in time, 
And then after that, that's sort of the end of it from, from that kind of uh, venue. Mm -hmm. From a sports venue technology for sort of the next generation products, we follow them quite uh, for quite a long time. So we follow them for days, weeks, and even months thereafter. And it does get to that sort of longitudinal thing that we're looking at because one of the key things for sports and for the military is return to activity, mm-hmm. return to play, return to duty. And so to follow them and track them is, is a really important thing. Uh, and that leads to my question. Is the, the um, what, what, what information do you give the f- physician, the ER doc, or the, the medic, or, or, or the trainer? What information do they have to act on? Is it just a binary, yes, there's a concussion, no, there isn't a concussion? Or are they able to take the information from your device and say, look, you got to take it easy for three to five days, you gotta lay your, you gotta, you know, you got to take it easy for three weeks? Are they able to, to uh, you know, prescribe different treatments of some kind based upon the information they get from a head 300? So the way that it works is um, a um, uh, the, the brain scope uh, capability is is used, and it provides uh, what I uh, would call a panel of cap a panel of capabilities. Just like imagine you're having your um, cardiovascular panel, and it shows you your HDLs and your LDLs and all of that together. Or imagine in the emergency setting where you go in and you get you you have chest pain and you have you get an EKG and then you might have a troponin test and you might have imaging and you add it all up and that clinician will then make their clinical diagnosis. And that's what we're doing here. And so there is a level of, um, uh, of decision-making that is left fully to the clinician to make. The information that's provided begins with the concept of whether the patient might be um, uh, CT positive or CT negative, mm-hmm. but they might have a structural injury. Um, and it gives them that, uh, that kind of classification information. And then it provides all kinds of other information around concussion. Concussion is a, um, is a complex term that uh, if you had uh, 25 experts, you would get uh, probably 25 different definitions uh, of concussion. And so what we are providing is all kinds of clinical data to allow them to make that decision. We are not telling the clinician, um, I, I see that this person is quote unquote concussed. We're not doing that. What we're doing is we're giving them all kinds of objective capabilities for them to make their clinical diagnosis. And there's nothing like that today. They don't have that capability all in one, all in their hand, all right there at the, in, in the clinical flow, you know, right right after somebody has hit their head. Interesting. Uh, well, I'll ask a few more questions. I know you need to go. Uh, you're you're shifting now from uh, from into commercial stage. Uh, what does that mean? How do you sell this device? Uh, I know you've got some funding from the NFL, eight hundred thousand from the NFL's Head Health Challenge. Is that a commercial avenue you can you can pursue now? What, what's next for Brainscope? Well, I think it's uh, obviously we're pivoting in a very meaningful way after after eight years, and of course <clears throat> the relationship with uh, with DoD um, and the NFL are both uh, really important, and both have been incredibly supportive, I must say. So, from a commercial perspective, we will be looking at at um, at the at, at at core markets, and of course emergency rooms would be uh, obviously front and center. 
uh, for us. And so you'll begin to see us do that. And the, and the, and the, and the relatively straightforward value proposition is that it provides um, uh, objective information, which they've never had before, right in the clinical flow. And part of, I think, of, of what we'll, we'll be offering will be a significant amount of uh, peer-reviewed publications that have been prepared by our uh, independent collaborators to show them just how, how well this capability works. And are you, do you sell this yourself or are you looking for strategic partners and uh, how are you, how well are you capitalized or are you looking for financing anytime in the future? So in terms of, uh, in, in, in terms of uh, uh, the distribution model, I think we're pretty well focused on a direct model. I think there's uh, the possibility for, for some uh, strategic partnerships, uh, but I think our, our clear focus is um is is on a is on a is on the is on a direct model and um and and insofar as fundraising you know we're always we're always as hmm. as any private company is uh, we're always looking for uh for funding so whether i i spoke to you uh three years ago or today that's that's always going to be the case if someone's passing the canapes you're gonna you're gonna help yourself as, <laughs> as the old expression that yeah. <laughs> all right well that's wonderful news it's exciting time for for brainscope and I uh, appreciate you taking a few minutes to, uh, to share your story and, and look forward to tracking it in the future. No, wonderful. Thank you so much for the opportunity to talk to you. Take care. All right, everybody, that is a wrap. Michael Singer, thank you for joining us on the MedTech Talk podcast. Appreciate your taking the time away from a busy week, actually, in San Francisco for this Bethesda, Maryland-based company. Uh, just spreading the word about, uh, about Ahead 300 and getting the word about brain scope and concussions out there in the medtech market uh thank you to our listeners for joining us uh again go to healthogy.com to uh, read the rest of the report we'd love to have your uh, input uh feel free to share it extensively to your friends on linkedin and twitter we always love that as well uh also regarding the podcast do us a great favor uh go on itunes give us a rating give us some comments uh, we'd love to hear what your uh, thoughts are about this conference what we can do to make it better and, uh, and just help us uh, spread the word. So that's it for this, uh, this conversation. I hope you uh, enjoyed this look at, uh, at Brainscope. And tune in next week for another tale of innovation from the MedTech Talk podcast. <laughs>